Welcome to Retire Smarter with Kevin Krosky. Find answers to your toughest questions and get educated about the financial world. It's time to retire smarter. Thanks for joining us for another edition of Retire Smarter. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Kevin Krosky. He's the president and wealth advisor of True Wealth Design in Northeast Ohio with offices in Akron and Canfield. You can find us online and listen to past episodes of the podcast by going to truewealthdesign.com. That's truewealthdesign.com. You can even click the Are We Right For You button to schedule your 15-minute call with an experienced financial advisor on the True Wealth team. If you'd like, that's truewealthdesign.com. Excited for today's program. Kevin, thanks so much for taking some time out to join us. How are you, sir? I'm good, Walter. I'm a little bit under the weather. I'm drinking my hot tea here to try to get my voice in shape, but we will do our best and we will talk some taxes today. Make sure you add some honey. That's the old broadcaster secret. A little bit of honey in that in the tea will have you up and running in no time. I was not aware. I put cream in there and I know if you put, uh, well, actually, I guess it's lemon that'll make it curl. So good to know for future, there you future go. reference. When I was in broadcasting school, my big thing was milk. My nickname growing up was the milkman when I played <laughs> when I played peewee football. And I've just always been a big milk drinker. And in broadcasting school, one of my professors, he just could not believe it because he always taught his students never drink milk. If you're a broadcaster, just, you know, don't do it. Don't do it to try and soothe your throat. It's like the worst thing for you. It apparently is is just not good for your throat. But I've just always had milk and it's always served me well. So maybe your creamer is not that big of a faux pas, although... I think my old broadcast teacher would probably beg to differ. But uh, my lactose intolerant wife would agree with him for different reasons. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yes. Well, what's up with milk getting all of this abuse from all sides these days? I don't understand it. Well, we've got a great programming on the way today. We're going to talk about things other than tea and milk and all those kinds of things. Uh, we're going to talk as we kind of continue our series here on different retirement rules gone awry. And today's is such a big and important topic, Kevin, that we're actually going to do two podcasts on this particular topic. And it's this retirement rule that's gone awry that says you really need to plan to be in a lower tax bracket in retirement. And the findings that you've kind of you know discovered over the years of doing this and helping people plan for retirement is that that's not always going to be the case for everybody that comes through the door. There's going to be you know two sides to the story. For sure. You know, if you think about any rule or any average, an average is just that, right? It's, you know, basically you can say it's going to be half right and half wrong. It's right in the middle. So whether or not the rule or the average applies to you, usually it's only by chance. We always believe in doing the math and running the numbers, taking a look at it, and then using that to make an informed decision about what we can do to make our situation better. As it goes to taxes, the traditional rule is, hey, I'm going to be in a lower bracket in retirement. And that's true for some people. So I'll kind of give the rule some credit and it may be true or truer than a lot of the other rules that we've gone over in prior episodes. But for a lot of people, it isn't. And there's also some kind of gotchas, if you will, that retirees particularly need to be mindful about. All right. Well, take us through the landscape and you know, kind of what we need to know as we first begin evaluating this conversation. Yeah, sure thing. So it can get pretty complicated, but let me just try to keep it simple and effective, if you will. So a basic concept that I just want everybody to keep in mind is anytime that you can pay a lower tax rate today versus what you pay in the future or what you would otherwise pay in the future, you should do that. That's <laughs> that's a good trade. And that's really the gist of a lot of tax planning. For instance, hey, do I put money into my 401k, get a tax deduction, or do I pay the tax and put the money in a Roth? Well, it 
again, it depends on, hey, what's my rate today versus what's the rate that I would pull out down the road in the future. Another thing is that whenever you think of taxes and you're kind of arriving at your tax rate, you have to remember it's not your gross income that you pay tax on. It's not your adjusted gross income. It's your taxable income. And if you ever look at your 1040, it's about halfway down on page two of the 1040. So you have your gross income, you're going to have maybe some adjustments to it, and then you're going to have some deductions, some what well, used to be personal exemptions, I actually don't have those anymore in 2018. But at minimum, if you're a married couple filing joint, uh, you get 24,000 off the top. So just do some simple math real quick. You know, suppose you have $100,000 of gross income, you know, that's income from working or pensions or taxable IRA distributions. And you're going to get 24000 off the top in a standard deduction just for you being you and for being married in that regard. So you come down and basically you have 76000 of taxable income. So you're only paying tax on the seventy six. You're not paying tax on the 100 gross. So that's important to remember, as is you really need to evaluate what your tax rate is today versus what it's likely to be in the future. And I say likely, certainly we don't have a crystal ball, but you know, there's different things you can do to kind of estimate that. And certainly you have to go ahead and at least think about what tax rates are likely to be in the future. And we'll kind of wrap up this episode with that. So Marissa Beyer and I, in my office last week, were meeting with clients and now of course change the names just to protect some confidentiality here but let's call them Rick and Mary. And Rick and Mary were referred to us and they were new clients that we're just starting to work with. And household income is about 120,000. Kids are already grown out of the house and self-sufficient, haven't boomerang back or anything like that. And so when you look at Rick and Mary, they were, again, if we just take 120 and 120,000, what they're making, gross income, and take that 24,000 standard deduction, now we're just down to about 96,000. Know, they were putting some money in their 401ks, they're still working, and no matter how you slice it, they were still in a 22% tax rate. So Rick and Mary, for what they're living on and what they're likely to live on in retirement, they're not gonna be in that tax rate in retirement. You know, The rule is actually gonna work in their favor. They're gonna be in a lower bracket in retirement. So for Rick and Mary, the rule is gonna hold, You know, that's great. However, one of the things that Rick and Mary were doing, which sounds completely logical, but it doesn't make sense when you actually look at the numbers, is this. It was really important to both of them that they have their mortgage paid off by retirement. Common goal, very rational. Hey, let's get rid of that fixed expense. Let's get rid of this mortgage. You know, For most people, debt's a four-letter word. Actually, I guess for everybody, it should be a four-letter word. Right, Walter? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Uh, <laughs> I was waiting for you to pick up on that there, buddy. It's like, but, uh, oh, wait, wait, is that a four? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So <laughs> slow on the uptake this one. <laughs> yeah, I know. Financial humor is it's a stretch, particularly for me. I need to pull um, out the rim shot sound effect there for you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So they're in this higher tax bracket. They're putting money on their mortgage that was costing them about 4%. And so we just were talking through this and, you know, hey, why would you want to have it paid off? You know, why are you doing this? And they explained by retirement and what have you. Again, completely rational goal, but completely wrong way to go about doing it. And I say that because, again, they're in a 22% tax bracket right now. They're going to be 12% bracket in retirement. So that's a 10% differential. That's pretty substantial. So even if the mortgage is costing them, say, 4% per year, what would you rather save, 4% or 10%? 
I mean, 10% sounds like the obvious answer. Yeah, yeah, not a trick question there. So you start down this path of a rational goal of having the mortgage paid off by retirement, but when you actually look at the math, the tax rate today is definitely going to be higher than what it's going to be in the future. So rather than putting the extra money on the mortgage, the more money should be going into the 401k, getting the tax deduction, and then you can even pull the money out. You can accelerate it all the way, to, say, to the top of the 12% tax bracket and pay off that mortgage, any of the outstanding balance that may exist in the first couple of years of retirement. Literally for Rick and Mary, we looked at it and said, look, guys, you know, you're going to be able to save a lot more today, probably going to be able to retire. It's not like it's going to be necessarily a huge game changer for them, but it's going to be thousands of dollars and probably going to allow them to retire maybe three or four or five months earlier, which, you know, they were certainly enthused about. But we said when we looked at it and crunched the numbers, they were going to be able to completely pay off their mortgage by three years into retirement. And they were going to be able to save, you know, in the tens of thousands of dollars by doing what we were talking about doing. So for Rick and Mary, and it took a little bit of, you know, coaching, not only the financial part, but kind of emotionally. I mean, it had been a goal of theirs for quite some time, but we showed them, we said, look, you know, if the important goal to you is not only to have the, the mortgage paid off, but be able to live comfortably in retirement, this is going to allow you to do it a little bit of a smarter way rather than the current path that you're on. And those savings aren't just, you know, a handful of dollars for all of that work. I mean, that's significant, tangible savings right there. It's tangible, it's significant, and it's just proper planning. It's not having to predict the future about investment returns or to make a big change in their lifestyle. We're just simply redirecting money they already have in their monthly budget to a different tax area into 401k in this instance that is going to get better results for them. And Mary specifically, you know, the market's been volatile recently. And we said, look, Mary, you don't even have to take stock market risk. We can put it in uh, in their 401k. They actually had something called a stable value fund, which is kind of like a money market, high yield money market account. So it's paying a stated rate of interest. So it was really about the tax savings. You know, any investment return that they're going to get on top of it is only going to be icing on the cake. This was a purely a tax move. It was just shuffling things around a little bit to get a better result for them, to get them in a better position, to be more comfortable, more secure and retire maybe a few months earlier than what they otherwise would have. Pretty cool to hear those kinds of real life stories, how people are able to kind of come in with a problem and get it solved, or in some cases, come in not knowing that they have an opportunity. It's not so much a problem as it is an opportunity to have a more efficient and a better structured plan. It sounds like that's a great example of when that's the case. Sometimes, you know, you don't want to go looking for a problem, Kevin, but sometimes you do want to go looking for opportunities, and it sounds like that they fit into that bill. Oh, completely. Yeah. I mean, you want to look for opportunities. You certainly want to manage risk or avoid threats as much as possible. But that mortgage one that I just talked about for Rick and Mary, incredibly common. Again, starts off with a very rational, well-intentioned goal, but there's just a better way to, to go about doing it for them that ultimately once they saw that path and understood the reasoning, and frankly, we tied it to what their goal really was. It wasn't to have the mortgage paid off. Really, the big goal was to make sure that they can retire comfortably and feel confident and secure in what they were doing. And having a mortgage paid off was part of it, but we showed them that there's a better way to do it. And it ultimately met the main goal. The mortgage was really just kind of a part of it, if you will. We've had a lot of meetings recently, so there's another one that comes to mind too. A little bit different. I'll, of course, change some names here, but this was, let's call them Jim and Shelly. I'll have to get maybe a little bit more creative here with names in the future, but we'll keep it short and sweet. 
So Jim and Shelly have been working with us for years and they were coming in for the meeting. This was a few weeks ago and they are you know, mid sixties. They're taking social security benefits on one of the spouse's records and they needed some more money. So we went through their planning update, showed them, hey, things are still looking good. They're on track. You know, the money that they're pulling out of the accounts was in line with what we were projecting. So, you know, their plan spending was on point, which was good. And something had come up that we hadn't foreseen before, hadn't talked about. And so really they needed about $7,500 to go ahead and do some improvements that they wanted to do on their home. And in fact, they were just enclosing a patio that they had previously and making it more of an all-season room. And for the size, they figured about $10,000 was going to get them where they needed to be. So Jim is you know, fairly well-read. He said, hey, tax rates are lower this year, right? Because we had tax reform in 2017. I said, yes. He said, well, you know, how about we just pull that $10,000 know, out of the IRA? In their case, of course, they'd have to pull out a little bit more to net the ten. But when I explained it to him and actually looked at their tax return, one of the things that really trips people up is how Social Security is taxed. And because they had Social Security coming in, we actually looked at it and said, you know, Jim, if you pull that $10,000 out of the IRA, even though it looks like you're going to be at a 12% tax rate, as you pull the more money out of the IRA, more of your Social Security is going to be taxable. And the actual rate that you're going to pay is about 22%. And Jim was kind of confounded by that at first. And we certainly didn't walk him through all the calculations on how Social Security is taxed. But we just explained that, you know, hey, it's a little wonky. You know, it's kind of a reciprocal calculation. And we showed him on the first page of his tax return that, you know, all the Social Security that you're receiving is not taxable at the maximum amount just yet. And for each additional dollar you take out of your IRA or $1,000 or $10,000 as in this case, it's going to make more of that Social Security taxable. So what we showed them, because of the 22% tax rate, we said, hey, you know, let's not take it from there. Let's actually just draw down your cash reserves a little bit more, and then we can go ahead and replenish them a little bit more smartly next year when we're, you know, kind of reconfiguring your distribution plan for 2019. And Jim and Shelly like to keep about 30000 in cash. So, you know, to pull it down a little bit below that, say down to 20000 for a period of time, you know, we as their advisors certainly felt that that was okay. And then we just asked Jim and Shelly, you know, how do you feel about that? They said they were fine, and certainly Jim did not want to pay a 22% tax rate. So, you know, completely well-intentioned again. Here's somebody that's, you know, smart guy, you know, is reading and saying, hey, tax rates are lower this year. Why don't I go ahead and pull some more money out of the IRA while we're in a lower tax rate? Well, it looks like they were in a lower tax rate, but when you actually look at it because of the way that the Social Security was taxed, they were actually in a much higher rate than what it appeared to be. And the same can happen if you have selling investments that are going to produce long-term capital gains. Some of these preferential items, be it a long-term capital gain, or if you're receiving dividends that are called qualified dividends, they all receive a special tax rate. And just the interplay, when you start mixing in with some of the other tax items that you have on your return, it can look like you're in a low bracket, but you're actually in a higher bracket than what it appears to be. So again, where we started today, it was like, hey, Anytime you can pay a lower rate today versus what you would pay in the future, you should do that. So in the case of Rick and Mary, you know, they definitely wanted to go ahead and put more money into the 401k and not against the mortgage. In the case of Jim and Shelly, who were retired, when you looked at it, we can actually manage them to just be in that 12% tax bracket and only pay a 12% tax rate next year rather than paying a 22% rate this year. 
So it really kind of comes down to that, thinking about, hey, what is today's rate versus what are you likely to pay in the future? And then figuring out what's the smartest way to go ahead and get where you want to be. Is there a way for somebody, Kevin, to kind of know what side of the fence they're going to fall into? Or do you really kind of need to analyze the whole situation to be able to get that answer? You know, today, when I say today, you know, in the current year, it's relatively easy to go ahead and look and see what your tax rate is. I say easy. I'm really talking about for us, for most individuals, we have a lot of smart people that we advise on their financial investment and tax planning. And frankly, a lot of our clients have done pretty well in certain aspects. Taxes are usually the one area that just throws everybody for a loop just because of the complexity that can be involved. So something could look pretty simple, but you know, there's just some complexity that may be lying below the surface. So you can get a quick idea where you're at, particularly if you know what you're doing. If you don't have any of those preference items, if you only had, say, earned income, if you only had a pension, if you only had taxable IRA distributions and you had zero social security income, you had zero qualified dividends, you had zero capital gains, then it's going to be a lot easier even for kind of a, a non-expert to go ahead and take a look and figure out what their tax rate is going to be. Now, in the future, nobody has the crystal ball, right? I mean, nobody can predict exactly what the tax rates are going to be in the future. However, we were given a gift. It actually came a little bit after Christmas in 2017, but we had this tax reform bill that was passed and is in effect literally only for tax years 2018 through 2025. The current law is that the rates are going to revert back to what they were in 2017 come 2026. And really what's in effect for these next few years are lower rates and wider brackets really for everybody. We've done a lot of tax projections for clients. It's the you know, fourth quarter of 2018. We haven't found one single case where somebody's worse off this year compared to where they were last year. And just to give a, a little bit of an example of this, you know, last year, 2017, you were hitting a 25% tax rate at about 75,000 of taxable income. 2018, you're in a 24% bracket all the way up until 315,000 of taxable income. So not only are the rates lower, but the brackets, particularly in that band that I just exemplified, are a lot wider. So it's really creating a lot of opportunity for people to pay lower taxes today, potentially on more income than what they had before, and avoid higher taxes in the future. And I say it's likely, but anybody that's listening to this knows our government only gets income from one place, and that's from taxes. And a big portion of that is from income taxes. You have a lot of baby boomers retiring every single day, taking Social Security benefits, benefiting from Medicare. All that stuff comprises a big, big portion of the government's budget each and every year. There's not as many people paying into Social Security. You know, we all know these problems exist. It's just that our leaders down in Washington haven't been doing anything about it. And the further that they delay, the bigger the change once it is finally made, which it's going to have to be made the bigger the change is going to result. So whether that's taking away some benefits for certain people or higher tax rates or some combination thereof, those are the only solutions on the table. So if you can pay a lower tax rate today compared to what you are likely to pay in the future, and again, I say likely, current law is tax rates are going higher in 2026. So we can say that you know, basically greatly, right? I mean, it's current law. That's what's going to happen. But if rates actually go even higher than that, then people that are going to be doing these smart decisions about whether it's saving today or maybe even moving some money out of their IRA, converting it over to a Roth IRA and paying today's low tax rate are playing not only good defense, but are ultimately going to pay lower taxes and have more spendable income over their retirement. 
All right, we teased at the beginning, Kevin, this would be a two-part podcast. So what haven't we covered that we're going to dive into in part number two? Sure. Good question. So for all the things we talked about for like Rick and Mary and Jim and Shelley, you know, we kind of divide, and this is kind of a rough divisor, but people that are having roughly about $100,000 or less hitting their tax return, Rick and Mary are making a little bit more than that right now. Jim and Shelley are living on about $7,000 a year in retirement, no mortgage, you know, quite a nice lifestyle. But they're falling in this, you know, I guess part one, if you will. As you move up the income scale, some of the strategies are a little bit different. Some new things come into play. And I would also say there's a lot more tax risk for those people. So what we're going to talk about in part two are some people that, you know, just like Rick and Mary and Jim and Shelley worked hard, saved, lived below their means. But, you know, they ended up being maybe a little bit more successful, at least in financial terms, grew a little bit more wealth and have some more complexity, some more planning issues, as well as more tax risk than what we covered here in part one. All right. All of that will be coming up on part two of this conversation about that retirement rule gone awry that you're going to plan to be in a lower tax bracket in retirement. True for some, not for others. It depends on your situation. Some of the great examples on today's program of how that plays out for certain folks. If you have any questions about your particular financial plan and you haven't met with Kevin Krosky and the great team at True Wealth Design yet, we invite you to give a call, 855-TWD-PLAN. Call the office at that number. That's 855-893-7526. Or find us online, of course, at truewealthdesign.com. You can click the Are We Right For You button to schedule your 15-minute call with an experienced financial advisor on the True Wealth team. That's truewealthdesign.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast there on the website as well. Lots of different ways you can do that on iTunes, Google, and Spotify. Lots of other options as well there. You can do all of that on the site. And don't forget if this episode you think would be helpful to someone that you know, please take the link and share it with them. Copy and paste it, email it to them or share it on Facebook, whatever way you can get it to them so that they can be informed and learn a little bit about the financial world as well. Kevin, thanks for the help and look forward to talking to you on the next podcast. All right. Thank you, Walter. Looking forward to it. It's going to be a good one. So be sure to join us back for part two of our conversation on another retirement rule gone awry about lower tax brackets in retirement. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time on Retire Smarter. Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information is obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accurateness and completeness cannot be guaranteed. All performance reference is historical and not an indication of future results. Benchmark indices are hypothetical and do not include any investment fees.